0: Hello friends, it's a blessing to share with you on Soul Talks.
1: We're Bill and Christy Galtier, psychotherapists and the founders of Soul Shepherding.
0: Keep your soul diligently, we read in the Bible.
1: That's because being
0: renewed in God is the source of our love, joy, peace, and power.
1: Our prayer is to further your discipleship to the Lord Jesus and your ministry to others.
0: So we're going to be talking about The Lord's Face Shines on You.
1: This morning when I turned on my cell phone, I saw a text that had come through from a friend of ours. She's a pastor, and she said she was giving witness to the Lord's face shining on her. She had said this before. uh, She woke to the temptation to spiral into a pit of self-condemnation. And she said, but then I I recalled the article on Soul Shepherding. Jesus smiles at me. And she said, I also remembered your recent podcast on resisting shame, and those gave me the strength to push against this downward pull into that familiar pit of shame. So I saw God's face shine and smile upon us as she was giving testimony to his face shining and smiling upon her and breaking through that temptation to go into shame and joined her and just praising the Lord and provision his blessing.
0: Lord, we just pray for our friend, and I just so thank you for how she took hold of your hand, Jesus, even as you reached out to Peter when he was sinking in the water, because he'd been walking on the water to you. Lord, he'd been obeying you, and he was your apostle, Uh, but the waves uh, were so big, and he got scared, and he started to sink, and oh, Lord, we can all relate to that. We're stepping out to serve you in all kinds of ways, Um, each of us, Lord, in our families, in our work, in our church, in our ministries, in our small groups, in our conversations. We're seeking to be Christ's ambassadors, and and sometimes we find ourselves sinking for one reason or another, and there is the hand of heaven reaching down to us. If only we would see it and grab hold of it, and we just so thank you, Lord, that our friend took hold of your hand and got back up onto solid ground in the place of your joy and your loving presence. And may that be true, Lord, for all of us. And bless this podcast now, this conversation that we're going to have, that it would lift up the downtrodden, the discouraged, anyone that is sliding into shame or uh, insecurity or aloneness, uh, depression. Uh, Lift us up, Lord. Help us to see... Open our eyes, the eyes of our heart, Lord, and and we join you in saying, yes, open up my soul, open up my heart to God. He is here. His smile is upon me. His face is shining upon me. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, some more encouragement. This is one of the best cards I have ever received in my life.
1: You've had it sitting on your desk where you work every day.
0: I've reread it a few times. This is from the Elder Board of Abundant Life Christian Fellowship in Ohio, near Cleveland. And I've never received a card like this before. It's from a whole group of elders who are thankful for our ministry to uh, their pastor and wife, Shane and Mary. Shane And Mary. they didn't even know that their elders sent this card to us. And so... We're so thankful. Uh, So just a sampling here, just so our listeners can kind of get the feeling of what a blessing you can be to your pastor, if you're not a pastor, or if you are a pastor, to other pastors on your staff or down the street, this kind of support, and just what they did to bless our ministry as pastors to their pastors. So thank you so much, Bill and Christy, for all you've done for Pastor Shane and his wife Mary. Your work has had a tremendous impact on our church. Be encouraged. Says another elder. God is working through your ministry. Uh, Another one. It is such a blessing to see how our pastor has grown and matured this past year through the conversations, through the time of retreat. Uh, Another one. Thanks for investing in our pastor's soul and life in ministry. God grace you with his smile, elders. Thank you for your encouragement. And so, Boy, this would be our vision, you know, that uh, more and more churches would uh, support their pastor before their pastor gets in a crisis, mm-hmm. as uh, yeah. in this case. You know, we, we all need soul shepherding. We all need someone that we can talk to about our life. We don't have to be uh, depressed or suffering from an addiction mm-hmm. or having panic attacks or be in a state of burnout. Uh, of course, those things come along, and then we need a safe place. And uh, we and, and other Christian therapists and spiritual directors are available at those times. But what soul shepherding is really about is getting out onto the leading edge in wellness and yes. uh, preventative care, yes. and building up the, the the friendship and the care and just the the ministry mm-hmm. and the training and deepening of our lives in God's grace.
1: Yeah, and it is a privilege.
0: So the Lord's face shines on us, and sometimes we forget that. And you, you were uh, sharing with me about an experience. a memory the Lord reminded you of. I was so blessed, and we had such a great conversation about that. We thought, well, let's just continue that on Soul Talks.
1: Well, yeah, it's been a week where I really needed God's face to shine on me. I've been grieving, as our little niece has been in the NICU, and she's been, you know, suffering, has been very up and down. Um, She's a great niece, and so, just being close and praying, and you know, getting the updates, and then we we got to go down to the hospital. We didn't get to see her in the NICU, but we got to be outside the NICU, and we were walking down the the what I called the Hall of Hope there, where they had pictures of these newborn babies in the NICU, and that just you know you could just see. They were so sick and you just wouldn't think they would have a chance. Mm -hmm. And then they had a full blown, you know, the, the little pictures were snapshot and they had a full blown, you know, 16 by 20 picture of this healthy, beautiful, older child or young adult. And just reminded of, you know, God has purposes for our lives and our souls, you know, that we don't know. We can't see. We can't begin to imagine. And some of those babies that don't make it, God does for them too, and you know, because they're eternal souls, they're you know, as We just love Dallas's articulation that we are all unceasing spiritual beings with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. And whether how much of that soul life in in His universe is here on earth, and how much of it is, you know, the fullness of spirituality in the heavens with Him, mm-hmm. his, his full kingdom. We don't know. And we don't get to say. God's sovereign over that. But you know, there's there's this excitement about the inbreaking of seeing God's face shining upon us. And there's times when we can't sense it. We can't feel it. And so, for me, when we were in that NICU or in the, the children's hospital, and being in the midst of the grief and the unknown and the pain and the longing and the fear and you know the doubt and all the questions and all the wrestlings with, you know, that this isn't what we wanted for our niece and yeah, her husband you, you, you and you their wrestle child
0: is God's love present here? Yeah. Is he? Is he care? Why isn't yeah. he bringing the healing? You know, why is this so so painful and so yeah. difficult and so drawn out? And yeah,
1: yeah, we get into into the grief and it can get kind of dark. And it especially did for me, Bill, because it triggered for me, I think, some trauma from when I was a baby and when I was in. The hospital for a surgery that saved my life.
0: Yeah, tell us tell us that story, honey, so our listeners understand.
1: Well, I was born with a condition called pyloric stenosis, so the opening to my stomach was closed, and I couldn't get any food, receive any nourishment or food. So it was it was hard because my mom couldn't comfort me. She couldn't, you know, she would feed me, and I would projectilely vomit across the room, and she didn't know what was wrong with me. Why she couldn't comfort me, you know, why what was wrong? My dad was traveling. She had two. Other little girls that were older than me, my older sisters, and so this was a trauma for her too. Mm -hmm. And you know, my grandparents were fifty at the time that I was born, so that you know they cared, they were praying, and I'm sure feeling some of what I've been feeling for my great niece, for my niece and my great niece during this time. And so my grandma, we would call her nanny, all my life when she would see me, there'd be times when I was struggling. I wasn't seeing you know the face of God shining on me. I was struggling with shame, or I, I struggled a lot with depression, feelings of inferiority, insecurity, she would see that and she would come to me and with her face shining at me and she would say, Christy, you're a miracle. Hmm. God has a special plan and a special purpose for you. you, you remember that. Don't ever forget that.
0: I can picture that because I, I heard her say that a few occasions and what a, what a blessing her words were and are.
1: Well, they are. But the sad thing, Bill, is I couldn't receive them. Mm. I was shut down to them. I, I just kind of discounted them. Yeah, yeah, she's my nanny. You mm-hmm. know, she sees me with special eyes of grace. You know, she would think that about any of her grandchildren.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, you heard the words. but you, did, the words. you didn't feel and experience the affirmation. No,
1: I didn't receive that as reality. As really being true. It's kind of like, yeah, we're all miracles. Or, yeah, I got a special plan for all of us.
0: Mm. So you were were discounting
1: it. I was discounting it. I was dismissing it. I wasn't really receiving it into the fullness of my soul. And I didn't even realize it until this week when we got back from being up with our, you know, there at the hospital. And I realized, oh, I'm not sensing the presence of God. I'm closed off to it. I can't see his face. I can't experience his love. And so I started to talk to you. We went on a walk in yeah, the dark. This was a real
0: <laughs> dark pit that you yeah. were sliding into there. Yeah. It was very, very depressing.
1: Yeah, it was. And I knew some of it was grief, you know, over just just being so grief for, mm-hmm. my, for my sister, for family, for, you know, for everybody, for what God had in mind for this baby. And
0: Yeah, grief, it gets into our bodies and we, we get, get sluggish and yeah. start feeling depressed.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I was spending time in hope, too, but right now I was swallowed up in the grief.
0: Yeah, especially because it was triggering. <laughs> it was triggering your, for me. Your it. infancy. Yes. And being in NICU. And, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I was majorly triggered. So I asked you if we could go on a walk, and I just demoted to you on this walk in the dark, just started sharing with you everything I was feeling, just mm-hmm. kind of emotionally vomited. And my frustration that I wasn't able to feel any consolation from the Lord or see and this shiny face. And so after the walk, though, when we got back, I had received a lot of empathy from you, a lot of care, a lot of validation for my emotion. Um, you know, you didn't, you didn't try to turn my face to remember, you know, I think you're struggling with trauma again, Christy, or I think this is trauma. You didn't say any of that. You were just with me. And in your being with me and loving me and giving me compassion and holding that space for me to just get in touch with everything I was feeling and articulate it. You know, I begin to have these ahas of, oh, yeah, this isn't coming from a place that's that's real right now. This is coming from an old place that was a trauma. And, yeah, that's not my reality anymore. My reality is that hall of hope. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I've experienced, God mm-hmm. breaking through for me. And so I've continued to remember that and thank God for that. And I was reoriented again, and I was able to worship him again. And then the next morning, again, we spent some hours in the morning together. Resting, talking, I felt God's face shining on me through you again, and then you said hey let's let's go out to bomber Canyon and go, "Well, you said I'm going to go to Bomber Canyon and go for a run, and um, you often do that on Sunday mornings, go for a run out in the open space of the yeah. trails of the hill hills, um, little drive from our place, and I thought, well, you know, usually I would stay home, I'd lay in bed and pray, but I think I need to get out into the open and out of the confines of myself." Just because I'd been so confined into you know my experience, and
0: so David says uh, you brought me out into a wide open, spacious place in Psalm eighteen, and that's what you were longing for.
1: It was, yeah, and it, it was it was so good for my soul to get out in the open space, and I found myself worshiping, I found myself singing, "Great is Your faithfulness," mm, and He's done great that. things, and just celebrating again the great things God has done in my life through that trauma and how he's even used it for good and how it's been a part of his story in my story, Mm -hmm. his redemption, his story of using the brokenness and the pain for his purposes for good. And so as I was contemplating that, I was getting ready in the morning, I was putting on makeup in the mirror and it was like, again, God broke through with his face shining at me in the form of Nanny, in the memory of Nanny saying, Christy, you're a miracle. God has a special purpose Mm -hmm. for you. Don't ever forget it. And I received it finally. It was like, oh, I had forgotten it. You know, when I went back to that hospital, I'd forgotten it. But then now again, God broke through. His face was shining on me. He used you to do it. And so it was like he was saying, don't forget. This time, don't forget.
0: Yeah. And of course, I'm blessed to be your husband, but it could have been a good soul friend having that conversation with you or if that wasn't accessible to you. Hopefully, you would have been talking with a counselor or a spiritual director or a Mm -hmm. pastor. But the point is, you needed empathy. Yes. You needed someone who would listen to you and even draw you out Mm -hmm. with some open questions and a a gentleness with curiosity Mm -hmm. to help you put words to what you're feeling first Mm -hmm. about the situation there. For your grandniece, but then you know. Secondly, what it's reminding you of, what it's bringing bringing up for you from your own history, and by putting words to your experience and y- your emotions, and then being received with graciousness, and not advice or or reassurance. Oh, you know, it's going to be okay. You know, look, God healed you, or you know, well, we'll just trust God to do the same for our grandniece, you know, none of the cheerleading stuff because that's invalidating of emotion. You just needed empathy. You needed an emotional presence that's caring so that you could verbalize and experience the catharsis of of releasing what had become not only painful, but negative and even toxic inside of you.
1: Yeah, and it was a surprise to me because, you know, at lunch, we were at lunch earlier that day before going to the Mm -hmm. hospital with my niece. And I remember I was in that place of hope You know, I remember I I showed her my scar. It's all across diagonally across my stomach, my middle, and said because I was I was showing. See, God redeems. Look at my life. I'm alive. I survived this. And so my scar was kind of like that hall of hope. You know, I was showing it. So I was in that place of hope. But then, so I was surprised when I got caught up into that pit that I didn't see coming of the trigger of the trauma.
0: And this is what happens. I I hope our listeners can um, really tie into this: is that is we are caring for other people. And this, what you're doing. You're, you're showing your niece your scar, mm-hmm. you see. And it blessed her. It gave her hope. And I mean, the whole lunch that we shared with her was such a, I mean, she didn't think she should step out of the hospital, you know, and didn't feel like she was up for it. But, but she did. And then it's like, oh, I really needed this, you see. And so- We were so thankful to have that opportunity to minister to her and to pour into into her by just being with her, by by asking questions, by listening, by praying for her. And then you're showing your scar there, that sort of thing. But sometimes as we are giving out, there's a certain stress in that. Maybe part of it's this spiritual warfare of the enemy attacking us. But then after that, what you're saying Mm -hmm. here, is when you started to plummet. Yeah, yeah. It took a toll on you. The ministry and the output took something out of you, exposed you, it exposed a, a raw place within you, your empathy to go into the, the well, hospital. As counselors care.
1: and pastors, we experience this a lot when we're with somebody in their pain. You know, we feel that. In this case, I don't think it was what I anything that I did that took a toll on me. I think it was just the, the trigger of being in the hospital. Which is
0: idea. something that you're doing though, because you're you're being there. You're okay. being there relationally and emotionally and spiritually, you're absorbing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm letting myself be exposed to the trigger and remember. You know, Bill, something I want to say before we end this podcast, because we're getting close on time, is that, you know, there's a movie that's been made that really does a good job of helping us be empathetic to people that have early traumas that you don't see in their body. You wouldn't know that they have them. And so I recommend to our listeners the movie, October Baby. I think it does a really good job of showing in her case, it was a trauma, you know, that started before birth. The movie's about post-abortion syndrome. She survived an abortion and it's her story and the coming to know it and her dad, her adoptive father and the doctor, you know, sensitivity to that and helping her through that and her having to become aware of why she experiences these trauma triggers that she does. And get help for it. And so I just, I recommend that to our listeners if you want to understand a little bit more about how these unconscious traumas can get triggered.
0: Yeah. We mentioned uh, recently about trauma B, Mm -hmm. the trauma of neglect. Yeah. It's often subtle as in just not receiving empathy. Mm -hmm. And that can get in us in ways that are very damaging, uh, shaming, and lead to all sorts of problems as we go along in life with depression and anxiety and addiction and disrupted, conflictual relationships And because we haven't had the experience of really being nurtured emotionally and spiritually so that our sense of self and identity forms
1: mm-hmm. around
0: being loved. Yeah. And if we don't experience that in relationship with a person then how are we going to experience it with God? Well, you know, I mean, God's supernatural and God's huge. God does miracles. But the normal way we're going to connect with his grace is is in relationship. And so that's why we talk so much about empathy on the podcast here.
1: Well, or even maybe repetitive little mini pains that maybe we wouldn't consider trauma like yesterday. Walking to the Fourth of July parade in our neighborhood, we passed a family and a little boy was crying. He was really upset. And he was crying and his dad was angry at him for crying. And you said, see, that's what my pastors in my office don't realize that they endured as little children over and over and over again, their emotions being met with anger from the powerful, significant parent person in their life and how that shut them down to their emotions.
0: Yeah. Some of us have that in our background where whether from uh, you know, a parent or another relative or a really close person who was a caregiver to us, was just impatient with hurts and fears or critical about that. And that sort of experience, when it's a recurring thing mm-hmm. from someone that you're, you need, mm-hmm. is very damaging. Yeah. But it might not be something you remember when you're right. you know, later an adult now. as an adult and wondering, you know, why, why am I depressed? Mm-hmm. Why, why right. am I dealing with uh, this anxiety?
1: Right. Yeah, I don't have any conscious memory of being in the hospital, none at all. No. Yeah, if
0: you had, if it wasn't for the scar and being told the stories about right. it, you wouldn't even know.
1: But it's been helpful to know because I have the implicit memory in my brain and mm-hmm. my body that's stored there, and so it gets triggered, and so it helps to understand and be able to connect it.
0: Yeah, implicit memory. Say a bit more about that because that's a term that's important that our listeners might not know.
1: Yeah, well, neuropsychologists talk about this. In fact, Kurt Thompson, in his book *The Anatomy of the Soul*, talks about it and the power of it. He's talking about it from the point of attachment theories. A really good book, I recommend to our listeners too. But yeah, that implicit memory and the power of it—that un- it's unconscious in our brain, but it's real. It's a real memory, and it is triggerable, and it has a big effect when it's triggered.
0: Yeah. So the things that we experience in life, it gets into our body, mm-hmm. and so uh, trained therapists can sort of read the body language and get an idea of what the experience uh, that someone has had in, or in their development might've been like
1: mm-hmm. and, yeah.
0: and begin to then ask questions and help them begin to articulate what's going on here.
1: Right. And that, I mean, an October baby, it's the doctor who knows about this girl's history mm. and then hears that this girl's symptoms. And then he he's able to say, Oh, there's implicit memories getting triggered. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's something, and there is help and hope available. So that's the good news.
0: And thanks, Annie, for you know, taking courage to share your story here with us in our Soul Talks community. And uh, just uh, so thankful to the Lord for how, over time, over some years, and a lot of work on your part, that He's brought this great healing I'm in this thankful. area for you. And so we can really say now, with praise to the Lord, that yes. this has become a sacred wound. Yes, that is in the service of the Lord. That and, I'm
1: thankful for. Hmm. No. Oh.
0: And you get a special joy Mm -hmm. in ministering to people in many contexts, not just the therapy office or a soul shepherding retreat or group, but also just in in the family and in uh, friendships and other relationships. You get great joy out of being emotionally present for others who maybe feel alone or rejected or insecure or like somehow they've been lost.
1: Yeah, and I'm able to pray, especially for my great-niece and others in ways that because of my understanding and experience. It's
0: given you, uh, the Lord has shaped in you a tremendous gift of mercy. Mm, Thank you. Healing mercy. So uh, in closing here, I would like to offer a, a prayer for you, our listeners. The Lord bless you and keep you, holding you close and secure in his love. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, such that you would see his beaming smile, delighted love for you. And the Lord be gracious to you. You would know that he is always good and kind to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, causing his smile, his shine. His joy to be upon your face, and may He give you peace. Shalom, a sense of great fullness of life, because you are with Jesus in the Father's world. You are His special servant, called to minister His truth and His love to people around you. What an honor you have given us, Lord. Thank you, God, for each of our friends listening and your blessing upon them, their loved ones, the people that they minister to, that we would be in the righteousness, peace, and joy of the kingdom of God all the days of our life. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you'll share Soul Talks with a friend, You can do that on iTunes or soulshepherding.org.
1: And we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through our website or on Facebook. Let us know about your experience with Soul Talks.
0: Until next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.